from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. I cannot handle week two. If week <laughs> one has got all that packed into one week, I can't handle another week. That's why I always prefer week one. We've talked about that. I, so many, many more things can happen in the first week. Where are we, by the way, and who are we? <laughs> I remember this time. Welcome to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Every week. Every, <laughs> I skip right by it. I skip right by I'm, I'm ready to get to it, man. Right. I'm ready to get to it. I can see that. Like, jump right in. Yeah. Well, we just need to pre-record... Hi, welcome to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Coach. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Sounds like Corey. Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The people don't want that, man. They don't no. want that polished, then they'll just fast quality, the seconds. good broadcasting. They don't right. want any of that. No. They just want our garbage. Of course not. Oh, hell. Quite a week, though. It has been great. Well, and to be fair, I don't know how you can withstand... The entirety of one week of action all wrapped into one day of recorded tennis. You get caught up with 78 hours of tennis in two days. So I watched four hours of tennis a day, which sounds like a lot. And then somehow I'm four hours more behind every day. So I'm like, wait, this isn't working. And you only have one channel. I don't understand. But But the problem is when you watch it recorded... You don't know. I mean, you watch it live. You don't know either, but you don't have the option. But I can't fast forward because I don't know what's going to be good and what's not. Right. So it's like, and then if I ask my friend, they ruin it for me inadvertently or they, oh, don't watch the first two sets, you know, just watch the third through fifth. I'm like, well, gee, thanks. Right. So it's, it's very difficult. Well, a, a sport that I really like, soccer, I hesitated to say that. I didn't <laughs> want to say that out loud. Um, I don't mind recording games or with my team, I've got an app. And if I happen to be on court or something and I miss the actual game because, you know, it's all goofy times over there in England. Right. Um, then I can just watch the highlight parts. Yeah. Which are the only parts that matter because you have 90 minutes from start to finish and 87 of it is miserable. <laughs> yeah. And tennis highlights suck. They show you like three points. They already tell you who won at the start of the highlight. You don't well, need to watch. They show you. Listen, the shot. Everybody's freaking out about the shot of the tournament. Have you seen the shot I of the tournament? I didn't see it, and everybody's been talking what, about it. What am I talking about? Fetters around the net post. Uh, I don't care about that. That's stupid. That's I, not even a hard shot. I didn't. When people were telling me about it. I'm like, well, I don't understand what what I'm missing. Like that's happened hundreds of times. Well, first of all, it's not even a hard shot. There's nothing. There's all you do is tap it like you're feeding the ball to the yeah. other guy, and you don't have to go over the net. Right, there's no net, so it's actually easier. <laughs> the hard part is chasing the ball down. Yeah. The, the hard part is when somebody hits that good of a drop shot that it kicks out past the net post. Right. That was the hard part. Not yeah. that I want to give that jackass any credit. <laughs> Don't even get me started. There were two, I thought, incredible shots in the Dolls uh, third-round match with Ketchinoff, and then people were talking about Federer's shot, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't think it could have been as great as those, but I didn't see it, so I I gave, I gave let them talk about how great it was. But Right. Well, Kyrgios is who was playing Federer when he hit the around the net post shot. Right. It wasn't around the net post, to be fair. It was outside the net post. And he <laughs> hit it straight one inch off the ground <laughs> into the court. It's not... I've um, actually had that happen to me in doubles, too. Against you? Yes. Obviously. <laughs> There's no way you're I don't quick. move quick enough yeah, to outside the court. No possible way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was... 
I think people are maybe like it more because it gets curious. <laughs> well, let, let, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about non-tennis nonsense because there has been yeah. a shitload of non-tennis nonsense going on. It's been amazing, and I might have to re-evaluate uh, my my theory of this era of tennis. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, 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 I'm going to add to it. I'm not changing. <laughs> this is the weakest era in right. the history of men's tennis, and I'll stand by it, <laughs> BG Tennis Nation, and everyone else who called me a bitch. Moron. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Bitch. Sorry. I won't do that again this week. Um, but it, it might also be the most childish, most childish era in the history of men's tennis. It's unbearable. Unbearable. Tweets and... So it starts. Oh, so you're not even talking about on court. You're no. About, oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, the weakest on court. Right. Most childish off court. It's just all these youngsters. I guess they can't beat the parents. <laughs> you know, they can't beat the big four, right. or big three, or the big five. Um, and so they just have to stay. You know, in the yeah. back playroom, yelling at each other and throwing toys. It's been absurd. So what? You've missed some tennis, but then you caught up. But right. did you? But did in your attempt to? dive out of the way of every tv broadcast so you don't get the score ruined and hide right. which is a tennis pro is not easy right have you missed some of the off-court stuff because of your dodging of the coverage? oh yeah because i can't i can't read any stories online if i see right. anything tennis i have to avoid it right so I, yeah i doubt i well, thought you meant the cornet nonsense and the, well that's one of them that, okay that, well that well, i saw well that's an easy one let's right. start there so she takes her shirt off calm down it wasn't <laughs> so i guess they had the heat break she goes inside can i be the sexist one for once oh please goes inside <laughs> changes her clothes because it's a thousand degrees and right. they're all sweating and dying even though it's way worse here temperature wise by the way just so you know <laughs> yeah exactly. i'm not impressed with new york not come on at all. uh here so in texas tired of hearing about that every year how hot <laughs> i know it is. i'm out in this shit every day 86.2 is our heat rule i'm like if we had 86.2 we'd be in jackets uh unbelievable I mean, so anyway so she, so uh cornet takes her so she comes out with new gear, but she put her top on backwards. Right. Women. <laughs> and and uh, I do that every day. And by and, the way, it's not a shirt that she probably wears. Probably this tournament's first time she's worn it, so it's not like yeah, she would know. Fair. Right, right. So anyway, so she uh, so she goes to the back of the court because the, the, the ref won't let her go back in to change. So she's at the back of the court. Did she actually try to go back in to change? I think she has. Oh, okay, yeah. I missed that part. And then, does that change your sexism? So, so then she takes it off. Now, she's got a full-on sports bra underneath. Right. It's not, you know, she didn't go topless. It's not France. Um, <laughs> she is French. I know. She wanted to. But, uh, yeah, and then she turns it the right way around and puts it back on. And I'm sure there was, you know, whistling and whatever yeah. from the stands and all that. And, Which uh, is, by the way, there's still, there are when Djokovic and Nadal and Federer and all them take their shirts off, <laughs> Exactly. Too. So, anyway, so she got in trouble for it. Yeah. So be sexist, please. <laughs> well, my sexist stance is if any woman wants to take her shirt off at any time, it's allowed. I have no problem with it. Uh, go ahead. Anytime you want. <laughs> but in the in realistically. That wasn't as funny as you thought yeah, it was going to be. Wasn't. Realistically, I I couldn't believe it was even a story. Well, it was a story because he penalized her. That was right. the reason it was a story. But they corrected immediately, and that was the end of it. So I didn't see... I was surprised they talked about it as long as they did. Yeah. it's Listen, it's not an affront to women everywhere, for God's sakes, all right? Booby gate, all right? If she would have <laughs> taken it off and had nothing on underneath, it would have been called booby gate. That's right. what I would have called it. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it anyway. And that would have been different. It's right. different. It's uh, it's just different. Sorry. I'm well, sorry. Well, and had, had she gotten a point penalty, to me, it would have been a bigger issue. Uh, right. She got a warning. They get warnings for 
garbage all the time. Right. So that, that to me, she didn't really get penalized for it. They said she did, but she really didn't. Right. It turned into a thing, of course, tennis Twitter. I didn't really read much of what, what was going on there, but it ultimately is a non-issue. It's a dumb rule. I mean, a sports bra is no more revealing than, you know, some of those tank tops and whatever else. Ladies who have played in sports bras, like that's that's all they have. Yeah. So especially when it's a thousand degrees, like you said. Right. Um, So, yeah. So non-issue. It's not an affront to women. Um, It is a dumb rule. It was a bad week for women's outfits. They banned Serena's cat suit. (laughs) And then now this. Unbelievable. They're going to be back playing long pants and, and top hats before we know it. <laughs> I hope so. The women? I hope so. Yeah. I dig it with chicken uh, top hat. So, um, yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. That, to me, there was nothing. That didn't deserve nearly as much airtime as it got. Right. Um, but, but what I was telling all the people I teach, I said, you know, tennis is devoid of controversial issues, so they have to manufacture them a lot of times. Right. And that what? was one of them. There's another issue that is indirectly in affront to women, um, and that is relating back to when Kyrgios was playing against Wadrinka. I don't know. I can't remember when. This year? Last year? I don't remember. I think it was last year, yeah. And made some comment about Kokonakis, you know, having relations <laughs> with his girlfriend, right. um, Vecic, 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 Vec, Vec, whatever it is. I didn't even know that was his girlfriend, but yeah. I didn't know she was a tennis player. I thought it was just a random right. girlfriend. So, um, so that's, you know, dragging her into it. It's not appropriate. And, you know, telling her business, if it happened, I don't even I know. I can't or, imagine Curious ever doing anything inappropriate. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so anyway, so kick back to this tournament now with, with that backstory and Curious basically his whole tournament's been a farce starting with getting coached are you aware of that did you <laughs> oh, get yeah. to see that uh-huh. so the umpire comes down and basically coaches him up to get his life together right and he did and he turned the match around and won and I, listen did 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 that uh you know, was he cheating? Was he was the umpire making phantom calls to help Kyrgios win? No. So I don't think he had money on Kyrgios or anything. <laughs> but it was inappropriate and outside of his job, and he should have been punished for it. And he wasn't. He was he was told, hey, don't do that. But he knows not to do it. There's right. no way he doesn't know not to do that. So telling him not to do that is just telling him exactly what he knows. So he should have just sat him for, you know, no pay for a day or two right. of the re- and then let him get back to it. I yeah. mean, he, 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 he's not Just like any players. They can get fine and still play the next round. Right. He's not compromised in regard to his ability to, you know, be a chair umpire. He just needs to be punished to say, hey, watch yourself. Think a little bit right. dumb, dumb before you go do something. <laughs> well, and see, you and I never disagree, but I knew we were going to disagree on this because I think the only thing he did wrong was coming out of the chair. To me, if he stays in the chair, I don't have any issue with what he said number one i don't know we don't know what he said exactly well he said this but, is not you right you're you're good for the game yeah that i didn't understand that's the a way it's called it, button your damn self into <laughs> a scenario that you don't belong getting what yeah. we call it here in texas is getting too big for your britches <laughs> but the way i look at it is there's so much they put so much emphasis on the entertainment aspect over the the integrity of the sport aspect that he, the way I looked at it was, he wasn't trying to make Kyrgios play better. He was essentially saying, you know, you need to try harder or no, no, or you're not going to be able to finish this match. I agree that that's part of the process, but he took it too far because yeah. that is his role because there is, he can punish him 
like point penalty wise right. for not giving his best effort. That's actually a rule. Yeah. So but, I looked at that more of a, as a warning for that. But I, but listen, if you get pulled over for for by a cop, well, you're white privilege. But <laughs> if you get pulled over by a police officer for speeding, he's not going to pull you out of the car and and then try to teach you how to drive properly right. and give you pointers. No, he's going to either give you a warning and say, hey, stupid, stop speeding, or he'll give you a ticket, which yeah. is, you're in trouble now. Right. You're sanctioned for this. So he should have just followed the rule and either popped him or not with a with a point penalty for lack of whatever or default whatever got to because it's within his rights. That crap was not within his rights. Stay the hell out of. <laughs> well, and I don't care that he came down because – it's loud and you yeah, know it's a big stadium and but you know i've said for you've heard me say this since day one of the podcast i don't listen to one thing you ever say <laughs> they should have both players and the umpire should be mic'd up every match that's televised i've right. always said that because i want to know exactly what he said because i think if we actually heard everything he said he might be it might be a much harsher penalty right if he said you know you're embarrassing yourself you got to play better this is a lot of money on the line and that can, you know we don't know all the stuff he said but he just should have said I have no problem coming okay? down so he could hear, and he just needed to say, are you all right physically? Do I need to call a trainer? If 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 you're good, then if he says, no, I'm good physically, then he said, okay, then then you have no excuse. You better give your best effort, or you will be penalized as the rules dictate, <laughs> and then climb back, back up in his chair, and then pop him if he needs to pop him. Well, and I the only dispute I have with the whole situation is I don't think that talk had any impact on how he played because he doesn't listen to anybody. Why is he going to listen to a dumbass umpire? He doesn't listen to a co. He doesn't listen to a coach or peers or anything. Well, but so you know what? Going to matter. It's a lot like in in the movie Airplane when <laughs> the woman is freaking out in the seat and a whole lot of people are snap out of it. They right. smack her and the one guy's got a rent. Somebody's got a gun. Then <laughs> it's like you know. So it may just be jarring enough of a right. scenario. That, oh man, the umpire's talking to me. I must be doing poorly. No, just just wow. This is so different. What in the hell's going yeah. on? And then whatever. But. You know, his opponent actually said, hey, I didn't hear what he said. Right. That's what I figured. A, I didn't it think def- he did. didn't affect me at all, which is fantastic for him to say. Right. But he's right that what an unfair advantage for somebody to try to give a pep talk to my opponent. Yeah, I didn't. When Has anybody heard the, his comments after? I'm assuming somebody's had to interview him and... Uh, maybe maybe he what, has not made himself available probably so but i yeah. don't think i don't think typically they're interviewed but what well i know but i mean i'm sure they had requests after this but all oh, right but my thinking is you have set the bar as the number one most important thing is entertainment value for the fans so the way i looked at it was he was basically telling you this sucks for anybody that's watching you don't need to be out here playing like this do better you know for the sake of tennis now that is still a pep talk but i understood the reasoning behind it because if i went and paid for that match i'd be pissed and if the umpire made him play better i'd be happy that i paid for my ticket and yeah but made it better but yeah that's not his job i agree with it, what you're it's, saying it's it's espn's job to sell the entertainment value right. it's not the players the the entertainment value is built around one thing and one thing only that two people are on the court giving their best effort to try to win right with all other things being fair and that's it. Well, I'm the, surprised we didn't hear more controversy about the fact that he was playing Federer next, that all of a sudden the umpire seems to show a vested interest in him winning because that was a big marquee matchup. Oh, yeah, good uh, point. Because nobody cares about Federer and Air Bear. Right, good point. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that hasn't French. come up. <laughs> I am. Um, no, no, So because of that scenario, now the tweet war started. <laughs> so 
Vekic, Vekic, the aforementioned young lady who was, uh, you know, called out by, uh, brought into that issue. Are she with, and Warinka still together? Ah, who cares? <laughs> she texts or tweets out to Kyrgios, I didn't know umpires were allowed to give pep talks. <laughs> which so is, he which re- is pretty funny, by the way. Yeah, uh, right. But he, and then he retorts something to the effect of you wouldn't know on the tournament <laughs> you're out of the tournament yeah. winning only three games that's what i figured and then he deleted that which why would he delete that and then he came back and said something now first of all why do you delete anything it, right. it's all everywhere it yeah, if you're matter. a celebrity deleting doesn't work so anyway so yeah so and then he came back and said something else <laughs> it was just a disaster a disaster he's no, a child that's a great comeback though i would say something like well you have to be on the court longer than an hour to get coached <laughs> you know if she gets so i mean i i don't have no problem with that after she called him out right yeah she's sort of invited by running her mouth right. so just keep it to yourself uh so i agree with you that she's not innocent in that regard but it just it, it's just been see, stuff like that's the stuff i want to see more of well get this wait a minute it gets better a so-called adult <laughs> got dragged into the fray. Chris Fowler is now tweeting. Oh, gosh. Or, and he hasn't deleted, apparently. I haven't looked, but uh, he, if it's still there. But he tweeted, um, and by the way, I follow him. He does not follow us. And he's a journalist, so he's supposed to be objective. Well, I think if he degree. followed us, maybe he'd be a bit better at his job. <laughs> um, that's probably not true. Maybe so it is. I'm surprised he wasn't doing college football anyway that day. Well, let me ask you this. Does... Does uh, the hashtag pod karma kick over to journalists as well? <laughs> Definitely. Because if I, you know, because if I'm him, he might want to follow us and, and kind of try to get his life back together. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But anyway, he uh, he basically tweeted that um, he hopes uh, Kyrgios gets some help. <laughs> And I'm like, for whatever, you know, his issue or whatever. So it's like, dude, what the hell is that all about? Mind your... Well, and Brad Gilbert said that a lot, too. But Brad Gilbert is a coach, so... Well, Brad Gilbert's a, not a journalist. Right. He's a TV personality. Um, and his job is to tell, like, and analyze stories. why players don't do better. Like, right. what could this player do to do better? Yeah. That's basically his whole job. Yeah, you would think... Matches. Yeah, Chris Fowler's sort of uh, supposed to be, a you know... Um, the straight up and down the line kind of guy. But to me, none of the criticism was justified for Kyrgios. He was sitting there. I mean, if you want to criticize him for not trying, that's one thing, but that we've heard that a million times, but he didn't do anything. He didn't make the umpire come out of his chair and start coaching him. So to criticize him in this instance is kind of, kind of misdirected. Well, it, it's just been, a, it's just been stupid. And my, obviously my prediction fell horribly flat when I predicted him to beat Federer. <laughs> uh, but you know, at three all 40 love, he had it. And then he lost like eight out of nine games. Well, when he started imitating Federer, I'm sorry. It, again, I go back to this, that the crux of the issue, the crux of the matter in, in, in any sport, right? The purity, if you will, the the what is it, it, to to its bare's bones what it's supposed to be about is one person or team against another person or team on a level playing field i.e. the rules and everything else right. and they are supposed to hopefully give their best possible effort in order to try to win but and, you, you know this as someone who's coached 18 and 25 year olds for forever that that's all a, an act just because you know you can't win 
Sure. Like he wouldn't be doing that if it's four all in the fifth. He's doing that. I don't know when he started doing it, but I assume he knew he was out of the match. That's why he started doing that. Because I watched the first set and a half and I never saw him do it. So he must have been later on when he knew he was kind of done. Right. So here, here's the Chris Fowler tweet. Had to visit ringside seat for the Curios experience. It's ten cuss, part circus, part tennis. That's stupid. Oh, what yeah. an awful joke. <laughs> That's worse than any joke we've ever told on this podcast. <laughs> I think he does need pod karma. Constant chirping to himself and us. His own world, enthralling, reckless, maddening, often sad. Tennis analysis is beside the point. I truly hope he gets the help he seems to need. What a jackass. I'm sorry. I reread that again, and I'm talking about it. What a jackass. Shut up, stupid. Well, and to me, the biggest indictment over Kyrgios is, is to me, one thing, and it, it shows up in all these issues. It's that he came out in an interview and said, I don't like tennis and don't want to play tennis. Yeah. So to me, that's the basis of all these issues. So hey. to me, getting help is not the issue. Some people don't need to be pro tennis players. I don't, I don't like this podcast. I don't like this podcast, <laughs> but I do it for the money, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't, well, here's the thing I was thinking about. I was going back and forth with it. Is, is he good for the game? I don't think the game gives a shit. No. Because the game is what the game is. The game is tennis, and when you have two people on either side of the net giving it everything they have, you know, playing their best possible tennis for, you know, hopefully all of it, if not, you know, whatever, then that's the game. Anything anybody does outside of that, whatever it is, whether they're out of shape or they're injured or they have mental, you know, control issues or emotional control issues or whatever the case may be, that's not the game. That's just you and, and I analyzing and seeing how far from what the essence of this game is and how far they've fallen from that. And that's what it is. He's not, you know, he's not an affront to tennis. And, and right. here's, here's why I came. Because it's easy to say, oh, he's an affront to tennis. This is an embarrassment. Right. No, it's not. You know why? Because nobody can beat him. Yeah. Or, or, of course people can beat him. But nobody can get him off the tour. He's yeah. too good. Right. So that's your fault. Yeah, you want him off the tour? Start kicking his ass, not physically, <laughs> tennis wise. And, and to, but he's too good. Well, and what's funny is why are we always obsessed with these really charismatic people that don't give the max effort? Like you got Monfi and Kyrgios, similar. They have huge fan bases, and they have admitted many occasions they weren't trying. Right. Like that's what I don't understand. Like why well, are we giving the guys? We're talking way more about Kyrgios, and we're talking about. You know, Jack Ferrer, who was out there. Right. <laughs> Love that text, by the way. <laughs> that was the one match you ruined for me all week. Was I think you said effing Jack Sock. <laughs> and he was in the fifth set and lost to an unknown player, as he's done all year long. Yes. Uh, but yes. But he uh, got one. He, he got one. Match. He won one match this year. Our number 18th ranked player in the world won one match this year in Grand Slams. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. But yeah, I just think it's it, we give so much attention to those guys. But I think that the the main attraction is the fact that they are so amazing, despite not trying. Because <laughs> we we always think, God, imagine if that guy tried so hard. Like, imagine if he had such a great work ethic, he'd be unbeatable. Well, you've got two issues. You've got do what you're supposed to do, i.e., Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Although Djokovic has had his ups and downs a little. Yeah. Um, but that you know you have to separate to some degree the immense pressure and how they're handling it versus just, you know, I don't think at this point, I think Kyrgios just said, well, I'm just going to be me. I can't handle it. And yeah. here I am. But, you know, you have to separate the sort of what it's supposed to be like in the, in the, in the few players on the men's or women's side that do that. And then all these other yo-yos that don't. And I think it's, I think you're exactly right. We look at them and say, okay, 
Kyrgios is not doing, quote-unquote, what he's supposed to do, yet he is where he is. Right. And where where the frustration comes as fans is I think the reason anyone watches any sport is to watch a Lee's Cornet Changer shirt. <laughs> Sorry, that's not appropriate. I'll tell you why that's actually way less appropriate in a minute. I heard a tidbit. Um, but we're seeing them not do what they're supposed to do and still achieving – Right, you know, you hate to see that guy that doesn't work hard, but still gets yeah. ahead of everybody, and it's like, oh, so th- th- there's where that love hate, and it is because they're talented, and we do look at that and say, man, just think if he realized his full potential, because right. there's no way anybody will convince me that he has. Oh, and, not at all. And so if he, you know, to some degree, if he wasn't like this, could he handle the pressure, and maybe he'd be off the tour already? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this is maxed out because there are three parts to a tennis player, physical, mental, and emotional, and I think they're all important. He has certainly not managed the emotional part. And that's that's no different to me than having a shitty forehand. It's like if you're shitty at the mental part or the emotional part or the physical part, they're all the same. They can all get you. Well, and I think we always look at fall into that trap of thinking that because he's got all the game that he'll always he'll eventually take the next step and get over the mental. But I think that's probably more difficult than the reverse. You know, not having the weapons, but having the mental strength. Yeah. Because I don't feel like Murray or even Djokovic has, like, have incredible weapons. They certainly don't have the weapons that Kyrgios has. Yeah. They're able to do it because physicality and mental toughness and emotional toughness, all that. But yeah, but is doing it every now and again a weapon or is it... (laughs) But anyway, neither here nor there. It's a weapon. Uh, Sometimes it's not loaded. It's just interesting that... You know, I don't know. Well, I, I think in a Grand Slam dynamic, as once again we saw with Zverev, it, it's just totally different to be able Who? to do it seven matches in a row. Like those, he gone. Yeah, those guys cannot hold it together seven match in a row. And there's been, I mean, when's the last guy that was mentally unstable that won a Grand Slam? There have been some. Murat Safin. I was going to say Safin. But he held it together to win it. Right. He wasn't pulling his pants down in the, on a changeover in the finals. Well, that's what I mean. But like the fact that it's that, I mean, even Ostapenko is mentally unstable and she won one. I mean, the number one, here's what I can say. The number one reason Safin won that U.S. Open, lithium. No, I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was, I thought it was funny. Allegedly. I thought it was funny, actually. Um, Didn't he win two or did he just win one? Uh, I think he, he may have won two. That's, I think uh, he won. He beat Federer in the Australian semis and then won it, I thought. And then he won the Open against maybe Hewitt or somebody. But yeah, so he was one of the few that was able to overcome that kind of personality yeah he won the u.s open in 2000 and won the aussie open in 05 yeah that was when he beat federer in the really long match in the semis but yeah but still it's not like he put it together right for you know so exactly but yeah i mean even to put it together for seven matches to me is is very difficult um i mean i don't even curious has won a tournament of any kind much less a grand slam yeah so so you put him in three out of five setting yeah even harder yeah yeah, so that was that was a big, you know, the 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 boob gate or would be boob gate. Wish wish it was boob gate uh, was one of the issues, and then the whole Kyrgios, um umpire thing, which sort of stemmed into other things. Not good, <laughs> not good. Yeah, I mean, like you said, is it good for the game? I don't. I mean, you always want to say any publicity is good publicity, but you want to be focused on the tennis part. Yeah, uh, and that and it's funny. That's everything I heard people talk about was the curious umpire. They didn't hear anybody talk about how great this match was or how great such and such. It was all that, right? 
Um, so I'm glad that in the last couple of days we've gotten more into the talking about the tennis. We have for sure. Uh, so, uh, but a couple more things off court before we get to the on court stuff. Guess what? Podcast karma works. <laughs> it works. Wickmeyer. Nope. Hmm. Even better. BG. <laughs> Taylor Aloysius Dent. Oh, what happened to him? I don't know his. I don't know his middle name, but everybody's name is. Right. If you haven't figured out, is Aloysius. Uh, he was uh, a two-time guest. Yes. Some would say two-time loser by coming <laughs> on this podcast. I think it was oh, a win I know for where him. You're going with this, and he was now heard at the U.S. Open commentating matches. Yes. Did you catch any? See, actually, you probably wouldn't have because they were on the side court. Well, they were even if they were the same match that was being broadcast on ESPN two. Oh, it was a tennis channel. Well, yeah, it was the replay when you go to U.S. Open website and then you click watch live i don't know who's doing that okay uh and and he was on a couple of those and he just raved about the podcast right didn't say one word <laughs> i texted him and said dude mention the podcast dude mention the podcast not come up like i don't need your I, phone number's blocked <laughs> i don't know if he even after he saw that text probably i don't know if he mentioned the word tennis again just in case it actually slipped out um but you were up there because of us that's, that's pod right. karma of course so Friend of the show, and he gets a good Cush broadcasting job. I must say, I I, I enjoyed it. I'm very critical of many, many commentators, but Marty I Fish. thought he did a good job. Marty Fish. I, I've never been critical of Marty Fish, have I? No, but he, I haven't heard him until this tournament. He's, he's a sideline guy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been a fan of this tournament. Uh, I forgot what it was he said in one of the matches, and he just, and he said, just said it's really important to get your first serve in just so you can take control of the point i'm like well that's really insightful uh, so some of <laughs> well, that hey. i get they're attracting a general audience but sure still i will sure. say are the ratings must be killing it because it's on espn 12 hours a day I th- it's not been on espn too hardly at all so it, it must be booming i mean it's it's, it's back and ex- forth yeah it? but yeah. it seems like it's been on espn almost almost exclusively right just the men Oh, the women's draw has been a disaster, like always. So, yeah, so Taylor Taylor Dent was uh, one of the matches he was doing was a Donald Young match uh, against Delpo, which I mean, it didn't go the young fellow's way, the young American's way, but he was young anymore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Literally, but (laughs) he um, he was coming in quite a bit. Oh yeah, in in well in flat in in sort of in different you know flashes he'd come in a, you know more and then kind of right. go away from it and it was working and successful for him uh and they had the right commentator with taylor dent right you know talking True. about it so maybe he's an awful commentator he just happened to get the perfect match for him um what but, i was gonna say does, let me ask you this since you're the tennis expert on this oh, podcast oh yeah you know it say that again <laughs> cut that out edit edit that but do you take it with a grain of salt when you hear the commentator recommend the player that they were watching to do something that they used to do. Like that kind of annoys me. Yeah. But McEnroe constantly says he's just got to take that and go in. But it's like, have you seen his volleys? I mean, well here. Okay. So that's what I'm, that's kind of the instance I'm referring to. It's very telling if they're watching a Zverev match and they say that. Right. Because he's had some of the best looks at volleys and just (laughs) dumped them. Right. Um, Like catching off, did come in a lot more than he probably wanted to, but there were many times where they said, I don't understand why he just didn't rip that ball and come in. It's like, I understand why, because he sucks at the net. Right, like, and he hasn't played that pattern right. in practice 75 hours a day. And he has to hit the perfect shot to but, even get a chance at a volley. But you take a situation where, like Donald Young, who has all the tools, 
Good all-around game. Jack Sock, too. I'm not making fun. <laughs> dead serious. He's a great doubles player. He, he does have all the tools. <laughs> I, and I don't know. I'm serious. I don't know what has happened to him. So, <laughs> See, we sorry, can't even compliment him without I laughing. <laughs> it sounds He has awful. all the tools. I don't know what sport, but he's got all the tools. <laughs> he's a five-tool player. <laughs> um, he's just a tool. That's what I thought you were going wow. for. Wow. Uh, um, no, so he, you know, but him as well, but they have the speed and they have the net skills to be able to do some damage up in the net. Yeah. And then when a, a, a commentator says, hey, he should go in, well, yeah, then you can say, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Or like on the women's side, if Coco's not coming in enough, obviously she's an aggressive-minded player, although she's now the jack sock of the women's tour because <laughs> she is just falling yeah, off. Totally. I, don't, it's, I think she has an injury excuse. Maybe, oh, does but, she? Well, earlier in the year she had an injury, I think. Oh, okay. But he he has been healthy all year. But like I don't think there's ever been a match where McEnroe, for example, someone has hit a short ball, and the guys run up to hit it, and McEnroe said he should have hit that and come back to the baseline. Which I get that you're not supposed to do that, but if well, you can't play the net, you probably should. If if he said, "Hey, I wish that guy had better volleys and w- would work on his transition game a little bit," because maybe he's outmatched. Like if he's playing a doll or, yeah. or Djokovic, he's outmatched. Right, playing the baseline going to work from baseline work. to baseline. So you've got to put some time in in the practice court. You can't just. It's not a video game, right? You can't just start doing something. When I say I'm criticizing him, I said the same thing about Anderson. I said he should have been at the net against Nadal in that final. And every time he came to the net, he flubbed you know right. percent of the ball. Yeah, so, so you suck. But I think, like you said, it's when certain guys are so dominant from the baseline, which Anderson is not. But like catching off or uh, you know, you guys like that. They don't need to be coming in unless they absolutely just have the point pretty much won. Right. Uh, whereas I think those guys are going to say come in no matter what. And that's just what I wonder about. And I'm sure I do it myself, too, with certain aspects of my game. Well, when you look at the actual game, he's right. Just when you look at where the other player is, where yeah. the ball is, the type of shot he hit. But you have to factor in the ability of the player to do it, That obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what I've said is tennis – Every, I mean, I'm not the – I didn't come up with this idea. <laughs> Tennis is cyclical. But I will say this. A lot of people don't think, you hear commentators say, volleying will never come back. Net rushing will never come back because of the move, the strings, and the I power. Like and the, uh, way more people come to the net Exactly. Now than five years ago. Well, that's what I've always said. If you've got you know, a Nadal, a Djokovic, and a Murray who no one can beat from the baseline, why are you going right. to come up through the ranks yeah. working on that when that's what everybody does now? If you aren't at the top of that level for that game style, my my favorite phrase, you're going to get in where you fit in. And so you're going to start making adjustments because you can't stay out there all day and, and, and bang the ball from the baseline with these guys or girls in right. that regard. And so now you add another element. It doesn't mean you're going to serve volley and chip and charge. It's not 1978. Right. No offense, Taylor Dent. It's not <laughs> 1997. Um, but yeah, it it certainly can come back around, and if the people that want to, you know, get past this group, the the top guys, in in the girls in that regard, then yeah, you're gonna have to do something different. Well, and one of my favorite, my favorite women's match of the whole tournament was was uh, Sharapova playing Patty Schneider. Oh, the women playing? <laughs> I think it's a different site. Oh, <laughs> uh, and they she ref- Patty Schneider, who was top ten in the world for those who didn't see in the nineties. But she refused to get in a power baseline rally with Sharapova at any point in the match. Right. And she was hitting slice, hitting lobs, hitting, you know, floaters, coming to the net. Not, she didn't do coming to the net as much as she should have, but. Could you please have a little patience? <laughs> Why don't we talk about Sharapova 
a lot. No, I'm just kidding. In uh, other on-court issues, on-court tennis, um, when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, you've been jumping up and down in your seat. Are you re- Do you want to talk women's tennis? I know you're. <laughs> that must be the entire course. The only corner. match I saw. That all right. <laughs> what what an interesting match, though. I mean, that was you know almost forty year old. You know, Patty Schneider. You know, coming from both qualifying and nineteen ninety eight uh, <laughs> to <laughs> with that hair from seventy eight. Um, now, am I going to be called sexist for talking about a woman's appearance? I don't think so. But good lord, her hair is very curly. Well, it's and funny. It's very humid you bring in New York. Because I, one of the women in the press conference. By the way, Corey's hair looks like shit today. Right? Are, are we happy? He's a male. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. He said one of the women in the press in one of the press conferences looked like she just crawled out of a garbage can. <laughs> and I told <laughs> I told my wife I said, <laughs> now when you're a professional athlete, knowing you're about to be on cameras interview, wouldn't you try to look a little better, man or woman? And she said, you're only saying that because she's a woman. Well, then later that day, somebody showed up. Yeah, how about to her? And I said, if I were him, I wouldn't let him come out looking like that either. Right. I said, I don't care if it's male or female. It's about a presentation. Well, it's funny because, well, I'll I, I beg to differ. The one time we disagree, be, now out of a garbage can with like banana peel on her head and flies <laughs> well, flying I'm around. I'm press conference is present presentation oh, during the match. Well, but if it's a post match press conference, I, you know, I saw a tweet by somebody I can't remember where they're, they're saying that they appreciate when a player. It was a female player, and I can't remember who it was, but she basically is wearing her tennis bag when she comes into the media room right after the match. Just comes straight in. And in terms of what she's there for and what the press is there for to talk about tweets, no, wait, to talk about her match... Then it makes sense. Then so I don't mind if she no, comes that I'm in okay with. bedraggled. I assume they're but, all doing the NFL method where they they shower for thirty minutes and change and get in their oh, street right. clothes and all that. But you're right. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe that's me not knowing. Well, Federer does because he's got to sell that Uniqlo right. crap. So million dollars, right? Uh, but yeah, but th- if they're because that press room for I don't know where the rest of them are, but I've been past all those press rooms in the bowels of Arthur Ashe, and it's right down the tunnel yeah. uh, where they come out. So, God, that would be hard to walk right off the court from losing and have to do... I, mean, I always assume they got a few minutes to regroup. <laughs> that, I would hate that. Right. But, uh, well, some of them want to just get in, get out, and True. be done. But uh, That's my philosophy here every week. Just get yeah, over exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had so many jokes. I'm going to leave it alone. Now. I'm going to leave it alone. But no, that match, as we were Well, saying, who was it that got out of a trash can? Um, See, that... That I'm not going to name names. <laughs> you don't remember that? I actually remember who it was. I think it was it was it was an Azarenka, her and her opponent. Oh, I see. And I think Azarenka is a good looking female, and she just came out again. But like you said, maybe it was just straight off the uh, match. <laughs> You're sweating bullets. And then it was with uh, this line of questioning. And then it was Varenka and the men's. I'm like, well, let me tell you something. We're not sexist, or at least I'm not. <laughs> how many times for how how long in this podcast have I said that Warinka, if he was walking down the street in New York and didn't have his tennis bag <laughs> on, him money. I'd ha- I'd hand him a couple bucks. Right? No, say, that's what I mean. And I'm like, he looks like a bum, a and I, bum. And I just feel like you're even in his street clothes, he looks like a bum. <laughs> I feel like you're missing an opportunity in this press conferences with just your to put your best face forward. 
Uh, and you mean men also? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, it was men and women because what it was, they were showing all the people's reactions to the Curios thing. So it was all the three, four, five people they asked. And, so it was and a there mixed was a couple bag. of them just were like, I was like, where did you come from? Did they wake you up <laughs> you for this press conference? Homeless. <laughs> you homeless. <laughs> came, uh, but, but no, the Schneider match was great. I just thought, but you know, again, what tennis does horribly at, I never heard them talk. Like they never did a profile on her. They never, like I watch American Ninja Warrior. I don't mind admitting that. But every person that comes up, they do a profile and it'll be like, you know, this guy lives here and he, right. his daughter has this problem or his wife, he met his wife doing this or, you know, tri- and they don't ever do that with tennis. And like, I don't think anybody would have known who Patty Schneider was. Right. Like to me, that was a big story. That should have been, it was the night match, but that should have been a really cool deal. I thought not that she was a, a hugely popular player or anything, but and same was Vonareva. We barely even heard Vonareva was in the tournament. Right. She was, you know, Grand Slam finalist. And at some point they said, oh, you know, great job for her getting the second round. It's like, well, did you guys show any of it or ever talk about it while she was actually playing? Well, outside of looks, the women's draw <laughs> has been a disaster. Uh, <laughs> Corey thinks it's been a disaster. Well, I had a hell of, as on my fantasy team, as always, the first match of the damn tournament. <laughs> She's mm. out. Mm-mm-mm. Aren't we glad that my whole theory we talked about last week about having that Sunday preview match? Because <laughs> it might have been her. Right. And that would have been a disaster. Yeah. So I think now you definitely have to not have the one seed playing on the day before just to make sure you don't kind of have a have a hush fall over the crowd and just yeah. kind of now the whole tournament's ruined. I liked the idea of the top seeded American playing, either male or female. But yeah, you're right. If Serena plays in the women's and she loses Sunday night, that kind of takes the luster out of the tournament. Right. But, it, but the way I feel is people could have seen it. I don't think anybody even saw that Hallett match. Right. I told somebody a couple days later, they're like, oh, she's out. I don't even know. Right. So at least if it was a marquee match. At least you would get ratings for one match. Right. Um, so I liked that idea. By the way, um, it's just to harken back to last week in our episode where I broke down the top 20 from 95 <laughs> and the top 20 from 2017 uh-huh. year end. We got to do that again with 98 this year. This no, no, we need to do it because again with the same one because more of those players just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, or or this. nominated. I don't I don't know if they're Oh, now they're doing this fan voting and all Mooster, this Mooster, Gafelnikov, Ivanisevic, Sergey Bagheera and Jonas Bjorkman. Why did it take so long for those guys? I don't know, but the bottom line is they're now Hall of Famers. Are you you mean to tell me Dominic team regardless of his win to, you know, this week or yesterday? Or today. Yeah, What's today? today? Yes, today's Sunday. Yeah, today that he's going to be a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm... Well, what about this question? I asked one of my friends. Ferrer... No, the answer is, Coach, you're more right than you've ever been. <laughs> Ferrer Hall of Fame? David Ferrer? Yeah. <laughs> or Wayne Ferreira? <laughs> Both. No, David Ferrer, the perennial number five for this last 15 years. Normally, somebody with a career high of number five or four, whatever he was, would not be a Hall of Famer. But in this era when we have the three greatest players in the history of sports, <laughs> yeah. will, uh, which Chris, can you, Chris Everett said, by the way. How can you argue against the number four five, or the five player from being a Hall of Famer when we had Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, <laughs> and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I, I just made I don't know basketball. Michael <laughs> Jordan and LeBron enough. James are yeah. obviously... And then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all-timer. Right, he all-time. Was, Will he, Chamberlain, maybe? Will, well, yeah, you know. Shaq, I don't know. But no. The point being is, so you've got somebody right behind all those world famous, you know, players and. Right. Well, no, I think he will get in, but I'm, if you stack him up resume, res, that's what I mean. If you stack his resume up, 
he's not getting in. No slam wins. Right. One slam final. Uh, never in the top, never ranked one or two. But I'm thinking they, they, there's going to have to be somebody getting the Hall of Fame in the next 10 years. Maybe. Uh, why? Why? <laughs> I, I mean. I think that's part. Do you think that had anything to do with their, why they're making a fan voting now? Because they're ooh, like, we don't, we're not going to put anybody ooh, in. We'll let the fans choose and we're not take the blame when wow. they get in. Wow. I don't know how, how much does the fan voting take into account. It's a weird formula. There's some, it's like 10% or something tiny, I think. Just to make them seem like they're involved, but they're really not. Right. Career high ranking, number three. Current ranking, 148. <laughs> Uh, career titles. Take a guess on career titles. 11. 27. Wow. Well, that's a pretty good... Uh, Australian Open semifinalist twice. French finalist once. Wimbledon quarterfinalist twice. Well, fair enough. And U.S. Open semifinalist twice. Which, you know, again, I am in the realm of... Uh, you know, Grand Slams obviously are, are more important than other titles, but not to the exclusion right. of having twenty seven titles. Well, what I would here's one question I'd be curious about: How many of those twenty seven were Masters? I bet right, like two right. or three. I bet right, if any. Um, but I think he'll get. Well, in. he wasn't playing in pro ams. They're not counting pro ams. <laughs> well, and he'll get in because of his Davis Cup wins. You know the fact that he was in the golden era of tennis. I mean, how about this? Andy Roddick has thirty two titles. That's only five more. Wow. But his career high was number one, and he has one Grand Slam. And several finals. And he's been to three Wimbledon finals. He won the U.S. Open. Semifinalist in Aussie four times in a fourth round at French. Yeah. So. That's what I mean. If you stack up for his resume against almost anyone who's in the Hall of Fame, it's I not. don't think it's comparable. It's um, it, it's less, but it it's close. It, yeah, it's it's less, but it's close. It's in the ballpark. Well, and the way I look at the Hall of Fame is you've got to probably take the best two men and the best two women from every year. And obviously, they can't just play one year. But you've got a 15-year period where you've only got Federer and all Djokovic, Murray, Warinka. You've got to fit 10 other guys in there. Yeah, it's kind of like... 25 other guys. It's kind of like, you know, if your team doesn't vote you MVP, then how can you win league MVP? It's almost like that. Like, you take each year, you say, okay, you were the best, you were the best... You know, maybe the top whatever and just sort of, yeah, I don't know. I think Chilich is going to earn his way in just because he's been going deep in a ton of slams. He obviously won the one. He really is a product of the big four. Right. In terms of not being able to get past them. Yeah. And again, you dum-dums, I'm not saying Federer, Djokovic, and Rafa aren't in the conversation of- Are you saying they suck? What is your problem? <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Sorry. I said I wouldn't do that. I Sorry. Missed, that was my cue. You started it. me. Um, Moron. Do you even watch tennis? No, no, no I don't. <laughs> um, why do we need to? We already know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know where we don't know what's going to happen? The women's draw. Oh, my Lord have mercy. Who's well, who's still in? Well, Serena has once again proven she's the best in the world. Should have been seated one uh, in every tournament. I mean, the way she played against Venus... By the way, somebody this morning said that that match looked manufactured. I said, don't start that again. (laughs) No, we did that in the early 2000s. Let it go. We didn't because podcasting, we weren't podcasting back then. No, uh, I've never, I could see where it's like, they don't look like they normally look. But, you know, you were coached by your father all the way from zero or whenever. Right. But don't, listen, don't get it twisted. Is that what the kids say? (laughs) Um, 
it's not like they didn't have all-time coaches coaching him as well. Right. I mean, Rick Macy, among others. I mean, there were, you know. Anyway, so, but, you know, they, they came up together, you know, because everybody's talking about that was their, you know, 30th match or whatever. No, right. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> that, that's, that's probably their 1,411th <laughs> match head-to-head right. since, you know, their eight yeah. or whenever they started. So it's really not. But uh, but yeah. So when you know this from playing people that you grew up with, it, it that's always you talked about cyclical earlier. That's always cyclical. To me, if you beat your friend on Monday, you're way more likely to beat him on Friday. And the fact that Serena's had the edge the last that's all years, that's all things being equal though. Yeah, I but mean, I'm you're saying, talking about two kids around the neighborhood that are roughly the same level versus all time great. And I'm sorry, she's related to her sister, but she's not even close. To her sister in that regard could well, have been if it wasn't for her condition and all that who knows well i was gonna say but what but then what do you count for the fact that serena doesn't have a dominant record against her that she they started when they were both 12 and they just and know each 14 other that well. respectively and for a while her sister beat up on her because she was younger and she wasn't matured as a player yet. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Because me, when it flipped is when it flipped. Right. It was done. Well, that's what I mean. I don't think it's about just about skill level because of those two. It's got a lot to do with just the, the momentum or the side. There's a lot of side things involved. And that's why I, I also think, although you, you heard that scuttlebutt back in the day that, oh, you know, that, you know, dad was pulling the strings on who wins. No, it's just a weird situation to play right. on the biggest stage in your sport against somebody you've played with since you were zero. Yeah. Um, it, it just is, is a weird deal. And so, and, and listen, let's face it. Even though she's not 100% back, she's still leaps and bounds, you know, above her sister at this point. Well, and this is not an insult to Venus, but I feel like for her, her goal is to be out there competing. Whereas Serena's goal is to win. Like, I don't think Venus's goal has been to win for a long time. Yeah. Obviously, she wants to win. Everybody does when they go out there. But I think Venus is just like... She's tempered her expectations. There, even though she made that final. Right. I think she doesn't go into a tournament thinking, you know, I'm playing this. This is what I need to do to win. And I'm playing that. I think she just goes day by day. I think she said, I, I, I have no doubt she believes she can win. But right. yeah, she's been to, you know, through that issue with the whatever it's called. Sjogren's, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but no, the women's draw has been a little more... It, it And it's so hard to be enthralled with the women's draw because there's so many players you don't know why do you hate women so much <laughs> like i when we see a men's player we don't know i feel like you see them and then they're a big deal from then on out with the women's draw you see them and you might not see them again for a year or two or ever and that is five other women you'd ever heard of the next tournament like i guarantee everybody in the final 16 men or 24 whatever they are now i guarantee you've heard of every single one of them Right. Uh, well, that's just the sexist media. It <laughs> might be. Women, I don't know. It could be. But in women, other countries, especially, I don't know. But I bet even in ranking, I bet every one of the guys left is in the probably in the top sixty, where you probably have four women left. Oh, that I are, see. That are not in the top eighty or hundred. I see what you're getting at there. So it's like it's hard to, like, I'll see it on TV and I'll be like, do I really want to watch Burton's and Vondrasova? It's like um, that was a great match, seven, six, and the third. But I'm like, I can't get myself interested in that. In the same way, I wouldn't watch. Basilishvili and Pea or whatever you know it's got to be right there's got to be at least one player that I have some familiarity with and I sent I blame ESPN for part of that you know sticking with the same they've been doing that this tournament too by the way because you can't you, you don't get a chance to see 
all the different players. They love to beat a dead horse. It's like yeah, that Serena Venus. They were not going to go away from that match. It could have been six oh five oh forty love, and they were not going to go away from that no matter what was happening anywhere else. Right. Well, there is no way in hell that the U.S. Open would make more money with no TV contract, but going usopentv.com and just a, a pay right you know situation <laughs> or even like a subscription you mean right yeah there's no way they would make that much money so it, it won't ever happen no. but and here you know and here's the other thing about matches they don't show they've got espn plus now and they're trying to make money and, right. it, and if they think if there's a model that they've come up with that is lucrative because of tennis matches I'm not going to argue with it because right. we, we complain so much about tennis being so down, but if there's people willing to spend money on it, that means there's some level of health right. in our game. Yeah, I just think my whole issue that I always have, and they've been in the split screen a lot too, which you know we've talked about how we hate that, yeah. but they they like, they were showing the Nadal catching off, and it was 2-2 in the set, and there was another match that was 6-5 in the set, and they're showing split screen. Right. It's like, why don't you see what happens in this 2-2 game? Just go to the 6-5, let that match finish, I just, I don't know. I, don't, I can't figure out what their method is. Well, so we've had one fourth round match finish. I'm not going to say in case you're recording. <laughs> Are you? Uh, did you record uh, <laughs> Ash Barty and uh, Carolina Pliskova? Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Pliskova won. Okay. Um, Damn it. What am I going to do the rest of the All right. Night? So I'll give you the matchups in the fourth round and you tell on the women and you tell me who don't you know. Okay. So Serena Williams. Heard mm-hmm. of her? Yeah. It's <laughs> your line. Kaya Kanepi. Well, see, again, I'm a tennis person, so I know I'm probably gonna know all of them. But well, give me your like, give me your man on the street impression or woman. Oh, I don't think anybody knows who she is. Okay, I think she's 85 in the world. I know a world class pianist. <laughs> Watch it now, 12 inch piano player. Um, that is from Estonia. Okay, and so that's the reason I'm aware of her, just because. Why would I want to know anything else about Estonia? Right, and I think she was top 25 at one. She time. was, yeah. yeah. All right. And she did beat the number one seed. Sloane Stevens. (laughs) Defending champion. All right. Elise Mertens. Man on the street. Would you know? No, no chance. Sevastova. She's top 20. I mean, but again, if you're talking about man on the street, that's not a tennis fan. Well, how about a tennis fan, but not somebody that's... a casual fan, yeah. No, no, no. Somebody that's not in the business. No, I don't think they know who that that is. somebody Somebody that would know more than Brady and Gronk. Right. Somebody that would know... Someone that plays tennis and probably watches, you know, the big tournaments. I'm trying to think of a football player because I don't know who Cleveland's punter is. Right. Although I think they just cut Shane Leckler. Well, I would say like... Sorry. (laughs) I would say like Juju Smith-Schuster would be like... Hey, hey, hey. The next level of famous receiver. Okay. Like that's the mid-level receiver So only if you're an LSU fan... Right. Would you know who he is or a Steelers fan? Because he's not a top 20 receiver, and she's barely a top 20 player. But he's playing on a team with (laughs) arguably the greatest receiver. I didn't intentionally pick a Steeler, by the way. (laughs) That was just random. Um... All right, so uh, project. By the way, Juju Smith Schuster projected to be a top twenty fantasy receiver. There Thank you, you very much. Here we go, Steelers. <laughs> um, all right, so all right. How about Ekaterina uh, Svitolina? Well, yeah, she's seven in the world, and she's attractive as all get out. <laughs> all right, how about Carlos Suarez oh, Navarro? Gosh. Speaking of, <laughs> I like how you said Carlos because she looks 
Carl Oh, yeah, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Just assume, just assume if we had the ability to, we would edit that out and you didn't. <laughs> That was he not, finally made the transition. Oh, shit. That was not on purpose. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. It's the 50th anniversary uh, of the U.S. Open something coming uh, to me. Uh, Flushing or something? I don't know. It's got to be the location, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. you said it started in 1880, and I'm like, how can it be 50th anniversary? I'm like, what was that? That must be the location. Maybe coming to Flushing. <laughs> Carlos Suarez Navarro in the men's round of 16. Uh, it's exciting. So Carla Suarez uh, I do know her, yes. And, and it was Carlos. I got the Z. Of, uh, all right, who cares? <laughs> How about Sharapova, of yes. course. Madison Keys. Yes. Sibokova. Or Sibokova. Uh, yeah, I think most people, if they've been watching tennis long enough, they're going to know who she, she is. Because she was, yeah. Uh, Sabalenka. No way. Not a chance. But she will be famous soon. Naomi Osaka. Eh, borderline. I would say yes, because she's had really big-time flashes right. recently, including her 0-0 win. <laughs> her and Sabalenka will be famous next year for sure. All right, so basically whoever wins that match between them. Oh, are they playing each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, That's nice. going to be, yeah, there won't be but a see, lot again, of... again, that's the kind of match it should be on. And it won't be. No, it won't at all. They there, will not show any There will be no more felt left on any of those <laughs> tennis balls. Because they've got to add, they've got to develop fan bases in these younger players, and that's what they don't do. Right, no, they don't need to do that. They're all they care about is right now. Right, they do. You're right, you know that. But then the problem is when that hurt them last year when we had a tournament without Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal. Well, then why am I going to tune in? Right, that's the problem. Right, right. If all three of those guys retire next year, who's going to watch tennis next year? All right, how about Vondrasova? No, no, of course not. No clue. How about Serenko? No clue. Yeah. All right. And so again, I don't mind. So you're right. You're right. You, I think you were right when you said that women's tennis sucks. <laughs> Did you say that on air? Well, and I and, and they always put those matches at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. when nobody's they know no less people are watching. Right. But yeah, and it's a hard situation. Like you said, you've got to go for what gets you the biggest ratings right this moment. But I think it's you know, I think they do a better job. If they mix like having Serena and Nadal in the night session to me was total a total waste. To have them both at the same session, they could have used that opportunity to like like they do in network TV shows. You have a really popular show then you have it leading into something new and fresh right, right. to me that's the opportunity but they can't build an audience in two weeks that's although in this regard you would have you would have you know the the newer fresher face first and then finish it with right make you stay and well, yeah exactly yeah by but the anyway, way Sharapova has yet to play a day match and she's never lost a night match she's like 22 and 0 in night matches yeah. and so again th- back to our way earlier topic about the umpire and fairness and all that they don't care about fairness they care about who's going to draw the most viewers so Sharapova will play every night match Federer will play every night match I'm shocked he didn't play the the night match yesterday but it's that to me is an unfair advantage when you've got 100 degrees especially I mean it's cooling off now right but to me that's totally even worse when it's enclosed at least it is outdoor but I just think that's a totally for Federer to play somebody that had to play a grueling match outdoors and he's playing at night i just think that's not fair agreed and again i don't know what you can do about it i mean you can't put every match at the same time obviously and it's it, i would say it's uncharacter uncharacteristically brutal heat wise right um you know and that, so that's like 88 this year yeah <laughs> I'm just kidding there's been another <laughs> that's another debacle that's going on is this heat rule issue Ugh. with the guys because the women have had the heat rule yeah so they know what to do the guys it's all new so they're like sitting in the locker room well, getting coached. 
Murray was pissed off about that with Verdasco. Well, and why couldn't it be... Why isn't it a break after two sets, just like the women, and then a break after four sets? Like, why is it only one break in a five-hour... Because to me, to play three sets without a break is a long time if yeah. it's brutally hot. Yeah. And you may not even get to a fourth set. That's a good point. So I don't understand why they can't break after two like the women do. It's funny because they all seem to run in there and get naked and jump in the ice bath next to each other. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> Chit-chatting. Oh, goodness. I couldn't do that. So uh, the women's draw has somewhat fallen apart, would you say? Yes, but they're, they're, like you said, there's enough big names to make it interesting. Well, if they do what they quote-unquote are supposed to do. Right. But I, I mean, mean, the fact that they're still in, at least now, makes it interesting. Are you are you now on the same side as every other human being in the world? Most of them were on the side before, but <laughs> I wasn't. That All right, let me rephrase it. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being walking through the draw, <laughs> 1 being she'll be out hastily in the next round. Right. Where are you at with the queen? Serena, uh, if you're not from the universe. <laughs> I'm probably at a seven, which I started the tournament probably at a four. So I definitely think... Cause so I, cause she had some tough early matches. Clearly that 17 didn't matter to her. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you're. we were right. You were right, and I agreed with you, which thus made me right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but hell, I mean, she's sitting up there in the one spot, and instead of playing... Hollop, right? Which again, it's we were like, either Hollop's going to lose in the first round or she's going to win it, right? Well, shit, she lost in the first round, so we didn't get stat. By the way, about her, no, a third of the slam she's played in her life, she's lost first round. Wow, that's incredible. And the other third, she's choked up uh, in the final. She's won one of them and made the finals in probably four of them. Wow, that's a weird. And they asked her if she was nervous, and she said. I don't think it was nerves. And then later on, she said, I get the most nervous in the first round matches. <laughs> so <laughs> get your story. Straight. But yeah, I think Serena has got to be the favorite at this point, but I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if she lost. I wouldn't be shocked at all. She's got Kai Kanepi right now, who obviously wasn't a fluky wit. She can hit the shit right. out of the ball. And she made the quarters last year. Yeah. Um, and then she's got Pliskova next. If she beats Ash Barty, I already yeah. ruined that. So she did <laughs> four and four. Not bad. And then she's got the Stevens-Mertens winner after that. So, I mean, you're talking about danger. from here, Stevens which, has beaten her before. Which is how, yeah, and then they stopped talking. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. The first time Serena Steven, likes everybody that she beats. She Steven, loves Wozniacki. Yeah, Stevens was all hyped up, playing her hero and all that. She beats her, and then her hero doesn't talk to her <laughs> anymore. Weird. Um, but, yeah, I think she's got some obstacles. I think Kerber was probably her biggest obstacle just because of the way she plays. Right. I'm not sure the way that Keys plays really messes her up. Um, Pliskova, same thing. I don't feel like the power players are going to be the ones that beat her. Well, unless unless she is getting worn down by the end of the tournament and can't move, then right. they can get the ball. And by if her serve is off, she can lose anyone. Right, but I, but they can get the ball by her if she's not moving. Right. Um. So. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't think she's going to win it. I mean, I think there's enough players left in this thing. I mean, yeah, if I had to pick, I'd the say bottom half or finals. The bottom half is a disaster with Osaka and Keys, the two top, you know, yeah. Keys is 14 and Osaka's 20. But it's, it is hard to imagine her losing a final two Grand Slams in a row. So I feel like she makes the final. She's probably the big time favorite. Yeah. I mean, the top half, you got the eight. Pliskova, Stevens the three, 
and Svitolina the seven, which again doesn't matter, right? But it's still a bulkier half. Yeah. Um, well, Svitolina's been due for a while, so this might be finally her opportunity, her chance, huh? Well, like, like Zverev. What What do you think the chances of Stevens repeating? Uh, Zero. Slim. Yeah. Too bad. Well, who would who would be your number two right now? She'd love to play keys right now. <laughs> who would be your number two behind Serena right now? Or is Serena's not your Serena's one? not my one. Who's your one? I think she's going to fade physically. Yeah. Um, and if that's sexist, it's sexist. But she hasn't had long matches. That's the problem. Yeah, but it's hot as balls out there. <laughs> that takes its toll over time. Right. Um, so who could it be? Um... Not Sharapova. Get a hold no, of yourself. No. If she would ever follow us on Twitter, I think she'd have a chance. So she better <laughs> hurry up. Sharapova, call in, and we'll tell you how to get some pod karma. Um, I don't know. Maybe I think I think it could be one of these ones that's been knocking. So like I agree with you, Spitalina. Um, you know, Pliskova could do a little something, something. You know, when those are the kind of matches as of late that she has gotten kind of nervous in. I feel like that she she should be the favorite. And all of a sudden, she doesn't play up to her level. Like well, I feel like in Sharapova, she always raises her game. It's hard when you get that expectation in your own head. Right. I should be whatever. They didn't seed me, whatever, and I should be whatever. So as long as she doesn't have that in her head, I don't think that'll be a problem. Yeah. For you talking about Serena, I'm, right. I'm assuming. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping for. I'm. <laughs> I mean, it, it can't happen until the finals, of course. But I'm hoping. Uh, I think it'd be cool to have a Serena Sharapova final. I think that would be ratings wise. I think that would blow everything else out of the water by about 117 miles. That would draw the biggest audience for sure. It yeah, probably wouldn't be the best match. <laughs> oh, would it? Could it? I think they're well. The good thing is they might both be so worn out by then that maybe they'd be equally competitive. Right. Um, but the way Sharapova has been serving, I don't just don't see how. I, yeah, I know it's been awful. But yet she keeps winning. So who knows? You have to gain confidence from winning, even if your right. serve sucks. <laughs> Well, and again, to to argue about whether Serena should have been 17 or not, I don't think it matters. No. Because again... Well, that's the, like saying Halep should have been seated 65th because she lost first round. On the bottom, on the bot or 64th. Right. On the bottom, you have two unseated. And then the next lineup, you have a 20 and 26. You have 14 and 29. You have 22 and 30. Then 7 and 19, 3 and 15, 8 and 18, unseated and 17. And I by mean, the way, so picture going back to 16 seeds... How many unseated players would be in the round of 16? You'd have more than half the draw be right. unseated. Well, obviously the whole... look terrible for women's tennis, by the way, I think. You know, it's funny because maybe I'm sexist against men. Because how do you square that with how strong women's tennis is right now? Yeah, the depth. That's true. The depth is way... I mean, what do you, is it? Well, I mean, we don't right. know. I mean, how do you prove that? That's true. Well, look at the men's. You might have... What, do we have one unseated player or two? There can't be many. Well, on the... On the women's side, anybody can win a Grand Slam, theoretically. Right. I mean, two people won this year that have never won one. Now, they're knocking, obviously, the top of the game, but they've never won one. Yeah. So, in the absence of Serena, I might add. So, you know, even if she wouldn't. Well, I feel like that's a topic that broadcasters always avoid when it's, you know, why can so-and-so win every tournament and then not win a slam? Like, they always avoid that question. Like, because Chris Everett and Avrasilova can't relate to that when they ask them. Well, they seem to ask that question about Zverev. No, I I know. That's what I mean. They'll ask it about them, but they won't ask it about, you know, why... The women? Well, well, what I mean is why will somebody show up out of nowhere and make the semis and then you never see them again for two... I don't feel like they ever ask that 
question, uh, more the reverse of what you're talking about, saying why does somebody have breakout and have an amazing tournament and then disappear? Please don't agree with what I'm saying and then say the opposite <laughs> and confuse the shit out of me. Um, well, I think that's an argument we have to square up is, is if anybody can win one, because only four guys can win on the men's side. Right. Or three, really. Yeah. Three for this tournament. Three sure. and then a handful of others have an equal chance. It's right. like three and any one of these guys maybe. Yeah. Um, and then the rest. Yeah, three are like two to one and then the rest are like ten to one. And, and then everybody after that is a thousand to right. one. <laughs> but on the women's side, it's, it's more wide open. Oh, yeah. And so that would seem to lend itself to the fact that that the women is deeper in my th- if you're using my same theory and the wild card is Serena because we when she's in there everybody else's chances diminish right. as as do the men when you have Federer yeah but i think it's it's so beyond clear i think it's dramatically more not dramatically i think it's more clear that Serena is the best ever on the women's than it is those four yeah, because she just because she's been able to do it over a deeper field. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, here's another another tidbit of proof. I mean, you know, you've got a kid like Alex Diminar from Australia. He's sort of behind the next gen, right? I mean, they're all so similar in age, but again, to me, age isn't the thing that matters because it, even if you're 22, but you're well, in no, the we, top five, Shapovalov is in that category too, and look how well he did. 18 and he made the third round and lost in five sets to a top 10 player right right so but but that that's the kind of kid that if they pass the teams of the world who won by the way today yeah if if that's one of the players that if they pass that group that's in between right fetter and then themselves yeah then that's going to prove my point well and we're even seeing even though zverev has the titles and the ranking we're seeing those guys a couple years younger than him having better success at the slams, which is what we've always, everybody universally has said that's the most important factor is how you do at slams. Yeah. So like I said at the beginning of the year, this variable would finish the year number one and he didn't make the quarters of any slam <laughs> or I think he made one quarter maybe right. the French, but yeah, these other guys are proving that they know how to win big matches already in slams that he doesn't. So here's the, I mean, I don't know. It, it, and again, it's also hard to sort of because the next gen, quote unquote, next gen is marketing, not right. an official title of a group. It's not. Well, definitely the next gen three, four years ago was Team Roundich. Um, you know who else was in there? Maybe. Zverev. See, because I think he's Zverev's close. He's, yeah, he's, he's a tweener, right? Chung, um, but Chung may be closer to twenty or nineteen, right? But yeah, a lot of those guys that haven't done that much. But they're still in that, you know, group that hasn't they never really got any better. Right. So if Sock, if, I mean he's in that group. If if Seats a Pass or Demon Hour or, you know, I'm trying to think of who Shapovalov. else. Shapovalov, um uh Fritz. Taylor Fritz. Um, if those guys leapfrog these guys, you know, the the previous next gen and now become the next whipping boys right. of <laughs> fetter then it just proves that wow these you know so yeah well i think it goes back to what we said if we're not going to know and this is the problem is why our argument never gets solved but we're not going to know how bad this generation was until fetter and all jokers retire and 
like you said, all the guys that are winning are the guys that are in the next gen now, and none of the guys that are and they skip that middle twenty six right now win anything, right? Or like I said, Chillage racks up fourteen yeah, grand or slams. Warinka or, or yeah, you know, all any of those, you know, Nishikori even. He looked good. Yeah, he's he uh he's got it back finally. It's it's amazing how long it's taken some of these guys. And that's why that but he's a perfect example along with some of the other guys like that like a chillage where we get so hyped up because we are desperate for somebody to challenge the big four it, that's it's that simple yeah. and you can't look at zverev and say wow that's a high quality of tennis right it's not yeah I don't, it, it's just like curios just because zverev doesn't act like an absolute moron <laughs> doesn't mean he doesn't have his issues of his own you know, he right. He just keeps it more internal, probably. Right, exactly. He he keeps it inside, and and but it still is the same result. Loses to players he shouldn't lose to. Right. And I mean, I and I'm not saying this is a joke. I truthfully didn't know Cole Schreiber was still playing. Beats <laughs> <laughs> Verev. I mean, in the third round of a Grand Slam in four sets, that's unfathomable to me. <laughs> it's not to me. It when shouldn't I, be to me. I don't know why it is. Well, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, Cole Schreiber could end that. And see, if he lost to. Burditch or Gasquet or something that wouldn't have bothered me to lose to a perennial mid-level player. I mean, I don't think he's ever been in the top thirty. Definitely not top twenty. Right. That to me is you're, he's so far away from what he needs to be. It's not even close. I mean, it's it's a joke that he's that far away. Well, and listen, and everybody I, has a bad day, but he's had several. Well, Cole Schreiber is not. He's like a Verdasco. I put him in that level. Yeah, but not even as good as Verdasco. I would say. Because Verdasco's had a couple successful slams where he made it to the quarters or semis even. Yeah, but it seems like he's a little more one-dimensional, whereas Cole Schreiber isn't. Right, and Cole Schreiber's a good fast-court player, right? Isn't that his supposed strength? Ah, uh, who knows? <laughs> he's supposed to be a grass-court specialist. So, I've always career high-ranking, 16. He's, okay, so he did get top 20. Yeah, currently 34, eight career titles. Hall of Famer in this era. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, no shit. <laughs> So, but that was at 16. What year was that? That that had to be 10 years ago. Yeah. So I mean, that's a long time ago. Uh, career high 2012. Six, so years, six ago. years ago. Yeah. Not bad. But yeah, I mean, that's just not somebody I could, I can accept. And he didn't even really put up much of a fight. He really didn't. That's the thing. Like, and that's been the pattern. I don't think anybody would care if he loses seven, six and the third and he battled to the end. And hey, this guy just had a great day and all that. Which is what happened to Fritz and uh, team, you know? Didn't is that who Fritz lost to? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he battled all the way to the end and lost in a tough match, and nobody's bashing him. You know, I don't understand how you can go down that meekly when you're that good. Right. Well, if um, if that's all true and you agree with that out there, then he is also a top five player and has been for however long or whatever he is right now. I mean, again, what more evidence do you need for the love of Pete Sampras? <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need? Um, and I, I think what we, what we need to realize is that the reason he's top five is because he's winning all the tournaments that these guys, other guys aren't playing. Yeah. You know. We need, I, I don't do any effort for this podcast, as <laughs> you can tell, and neither do you for sure. You don't even text me back. I don't even watch the open. But just, we need to just look at, the entire year from January 1st to December 31st, not counting Labor Cup <laughs> and not counting Davis Cup, just right. all regular WTA and ATP matches. Right. And from top to bottom, look at the game differential. 
and just see what the game differential is top to bottom. Because I, I bet you if you added it all up at the end of the day, you know, however, I don't know how many total games or whatever, right. you, you know, tens of 10,000, a thousand, probably a thousand, right. something. I don't know, high hundred, who knows? I, whatever, it's stupid. But, you know, I bet you the game differential would be a lot wider on the men's side than the women. Oh, definitely. I, that, but that could prove us wrong well, or right in some right. regard. Well, they said Nadal, I think he's won 24 of his last 25 matches. Um, and again, this is all dependent on the argument that is Nadal better now than he was when he was 26 or 28? And Federer. Right. right. Where they've both had multiple injuries, some of them surgeries. They're playing people younger. You know, every match they play is against a younger opponent. So your argument basically has to either be that this era sucks, that's one argument which we have, or they're better now than they were in their late 20s, which would probably be the first two players, two of the first players in history that were better in their 30s than they were in their late 20s. In any Besides sport. maybe Ken Rosewall or... Except for chess. <laughs> uh, or maybe Agassi. But I would say Agassi won more in his 20s than his 30s too. He just stayed long. Well, the, the tricky part with Agassi is he was so up and down and he was out of his mind. And when you read his book, you're like, oh shit, there was a lot going on. He got his life together and got more fit. Right. So he actually wasn't at his peak in his younger days. He was yeah. at his peak, you know, like flashy and hitting big shots and cockiness and all the rest of it. But he really rededicated himself and was next level in a lot of areas when he came back. Well, from watching that Federer-Kyrgios match, I didn't see, I'm not seeing anything different in Federer's game that he didn't do 10 years ago. So that tells me in 10 years, they have not found out a way to stop it, which yes, means he's great, but also means why in 10 years hasn't somebody been able to stop it 10 years later? Yeah, and he's made slight adjustments in terms of, you know, technique adjustments right. based on whatever but nothing it's, it's nothing radical right um and he made a ton of errors in that match with curios yeah um that first set right so it's just and and nadal you know i was fine with the catching off pushing it all like that that was and obviously basilis Vili is pushing him now so i mean well it's over oh well, <laughs> he pushed him in the third set good try but you know it's not there's no explanation for them having easier matches. That's what I really want to look up. You talked about looking up the year. I want to look up, you know, the game differential in their slams now versus their slams that they won, you know, in the early 2000s or mid 2000s. And that's, that should be an easy way to tell. Right. Yeah. That's a good, we need a stat guy or girl. We need, <laughs> yeah. a, we need a producer for God's sakes. Um, Cause Federer hadn't lost a set yet this tournament, right? I don't think so. Yeah. No, and at all. And Djokovic has lost, Maybe one, one or two. Nadal's lost, I guess, three. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, you can't explain that without saying what we're saying. Yeah, so Federer was, against Kyrgios, he was um, 66% first serves. Which is all right. It's not bad. Um, and Kyrgios was 61. So, in, in, you know, within the in the range um, unforced errors, yeah. I mean, better had twenty four, but he had fifty one winners. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? But that include the the thing about this the winner stat that I hate is it also includes aces. Now maybe he didn't have that many aces, but right. I hate the winner stacks. It also includes aces. So everybody should be in the positive when you count the aces. Right. But yeah, that's a good a good you know look at the differential and all. Maybe just the big four right. or big three. Maybe yeah. their their matches throughout their career. Right. Um. And yeah, you get you know favorable draws and that kind of thing, but 
I think it'll be really interesting. We look back, like I said, the sorry won't be settled till ten years from now. We're doing this podcast. We're saying oh God, all the slams won. Oh, Jesus, he beat you know an average of half of one Hall of Famer per tournament, <laughs> right? You know because nobody right. from this era is going to the Hall of Famer should. They will outside of the Nadal Djokovic. They will, which will ruin my argument <laughs> on paper. It's, right. it, I'm still right, but and again. They are potentially in the conversation. They are definitely in the conversation for greatest of all time. But I think it can also be true that they are in the weakest era. But yeah, if I wouldn't, if I wasn't watching twenty four hours behind, I was going to call you because Chris Everett said they were talking about someone, and she said, well, "What do you expect? He's not having success. He's playing with the three greatest players of all time." And she just said that as straight faced and deadpan as she could. Well, it's because she said work done. She can't smile. <laughs> now that was not sexist. It's a fact. But I just thought that it's amazing that to me she's that convinced that they're that much better. But see, that's why I don't trust that argument because I'll be saying the same thing about somebody else five years from now. They're all about the here and now. Prisoner and that's part of, of the their moment. job. That's part of their job too is to make what's going on now sound like seem like it's amazing. No, I don't think so. I mean, I do. I, I just think they do it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that that's job description. Now, is it the job description of the U.S. Open staff to make sure every match is as fair as possible? Yes. Right. Do they do that? <laughs> sure. But apparently, Sharapova's on the night match again. So I think they are trying to get Sharapova to the finals against Serena. Well, and without cheating. Well, what would your te- solution be to that problem? Flip a coin. Draw for who plays draw win. For, I'm fine with that. Draw for slots. I'm totally fine now, with that. Now, you know, I mean, I think if you're the last match on and you play till 2 in the morning New York time, you shouldn't come back, you right. know, a day and a half now <laughs> at this point and play the first match yeah. on your well, next match. Well, they should do it match. by section. Don't draw for the match. Draw for the section. You know, right. Your group of four plays at 10. The next group of four oh, plays at 12. You right. Know, and draw for which section plays at what time. And the match that you're playing against should be playing the same time on the next court. I agree. Because, um, again, it's starting to cool off now in New York, but it's been really brutal, and that is absolutely, absolutely uh, you know, affecting the daytime players. Right. And it's it's tough. Well, they interviewed Wozniacki, and they, she, they said, did you practice at all yesterday? And she said, yeah, I practiced for an hour indoors. Right. That was it. So, I mean, they're not – and someone who plays a long hot match, they're not even – able to practice the next day because they're so beaten down and they don't want to fetters out there hitting in central park for two hours a day <laughs> sign an autograph at 7 p.m or 8 p.m although yeah he did have to play a day match but yeah. it, it's cooling off which is great I, I i don't want heat to be a factor um when you have a difference in a range of temperature from you know the 11 or two o'clock you know and then right. the eight o'clock i mean that's a big swing yeah. temperature wise well, and how is that any different than having one match play no ad or one match play, you know, two out of three? I mean, your base is, is basically the same thing. Now, if your match goes five sets because you couldn't close it out, that's different. Right. But, I mean, you're basically saying, you're basically giving one person much easier conditions to play. And that will be a factor in the second week, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, if it's cooler temperatures, hopefully it won't right. make too much of a difference if, if New York But that's gets... why Anderson lost today, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. Two well, long five setters in the daytime... Right, and he had to play again in the daytime for the third time in a row today. Right. Well, so what are you uh, what are you looking for in week two? <sighs> I'm not going to say what everybody else. Though. I hope we see Federer versus Nadal again, or Djokovic versus any of the. You know, I want an up and coming player, which we still have a few left in the draw, against 
a to big take, four in the final. And take them out. Yeah. No, I want you to take them out in the semis. <laughs> that's fine, too. No, I think it would be better. I think it would be more. But again, all that's going to do is make me say, well, I guess he is getting a little older. Finally. Right. right. And it really is. I yeah. mean, how are you going to be the same player that's lost to him 2-1-2 and two the last eight years, and now all of a sudden you're pushing him? Right. What you know? I mean, yeah, you work and improve, and of course you are. But clearly that means they're slipping back to the pack, but, but because of things that are out of con- their right. control, a la age. Didn't you feel that way in the catching off Nadal? It yeah, felt like I Nadal did. definitely didn't have I did. the shots he used to have. And yeah, catching off played great, but it's like you were watching thing and he couldn't have done this to him well, two the, years ago. And listen, to be fair, the margins between the big three and everybody else are still small. Right. But they're not equal. Well, and that is Nadal's worst surface too. He's lost to many guys of that style on that surface. But the point being is, is that the slightest dip in ability in whatever realm it is, whether right. it's physical or mental or emotional, can make the difference for some of these guys because that's all they need. Right. Again, we've, I've always said there's a lot of guys that are as physically or more physically gifted than the big three, for sure. Oh, yeah. But there's other factors. So anyway. But yeah, what do you, I mean, if I could choose my ideal final four, it'd probably be, I'd like to have Del Potro in there. I wouldn't mind having team in there just to, you know, see if he could do something finally. Well, here's I don't care who's in the final four, it's how they get there. Right. If if Federer gets to the final four by you know, playing really well and and you know, battling through a couple 6-4 sets here and there and <laughs> a couple of, you know, Sad that that's what we have to hope for. Is I know. Four. I yeah, exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. And and when I say a couple of sets, I mean in a match, in one match, like a couple in a row right. where it's like 6-4, six, 6-4. Four, six, four. <laughs> like, oh, there's a minuscule chance he might actually lose the set. And then, you know, and he battles through and earns it, so to speak. I mean, again, he's earning it, of course. But, you know, and then the same thing with any – I don't care who gets to where they get to. I just want right. them to damn deserve it. Yeah. Play somebody that, that has a chance to beat you. Yeah. Or we might as well just go back to the way they did in the 1800s. And if you won it last year, you're just waiting for, in the finals. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's that's almost what it feels like. It feels like we could start take the final four like they're doing Davis Cup, take the final group from last How year. How do you know what they're doing? <laughs> have you figured it out? That's next week, maybe. And then put them automatically in the final four this year, or put the top four from this year in the final four, final eight next year. You know, it's. I feel like that's what we do every year. We already have the final top three penciled in. Well, I mean, so for me, Serena doesn't have to be in the finals for it to be a a really good U.S. Open. I mean, first of all, selfishly, we have multiple Americans. Right. So ultimately, if any American, maybe I'm a homer, maybe that's dumb because this is an international sport. Um, But ultimately, if we can get, you know, Keys or Stevens in the final, then I'm happy. If yeah. Keys can, well, we'd love to see Keys redeem herself from last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. So I don't need to um, see Stevens, and I don't need to see William Sharapova. I know the ratings will be through the roof, right? But I don't need to see that. I don't care about that match. Like to me, that's akin to Federer and Dahl, where I've seen it before. You know, I'm not. I mean, Federer and Dahl, at least there's going to be some unpredictability because it's on hard court. But Serena and Sharapova, unless Sharapova wins it dramatically, it wouldn't be interesting to me. By the way, Sharapova was never on Serena's level. But she was definitely top of the game. Right. And so she's back now. She came back after, you know, drugs. Now, I don't know if the drugs made her good and now she doesn't have them, she's bad. <laughs> or, hey, maybe reinserting yourself into a tour 
and not just going right back to your level, maybe that shows you that, hey, maybe it's tough to do. Right. On the men's side, it's not. More evidence, <laughs> weak as hair. All right. That's it for the, fact, men. the men's side. It should be harder with a three out of five and the right, exactly. more physical matches. Exactly. So anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, let's leave it at that. It's a midweek. We don't need to be too. Uh, we'll come crazy. in raising hell about Federer and Serena winning the finals in straight sets <laughs> next week. Yeah. So we'll be back for the for this tournament uh, finale. Um, and hell, we may want to record on Monday morning or something, yeah. just to make sure we we get it in. What, is it all Sunday? Or are they doing a I Monday? I can't remember. They, they've I changed it so many times. It yeah. was Monday night. I think it's I think it's three o'clock on Sunday again. Okay, good. Uh, so maybe we'll come and record at like seven yeah. or something. But uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Still my favorite slam. Uh, you know, I think dumb things like players not trying very much, <laughs> and, and not just curios, but like you said, Zverev too. Um, and then some of the storylines on the women's side. Um, what will be the next Twitter controversy for week, week two? I'm hoping it's all over now. Because yeah. first of all, Curios is out. Right. But I'm hoping it's all over. I'm hoping now that the second week is in, it's way more important to everybody. And they won't be messing around with nonsense. They're just going to get their game on yeah. and, and do what they need to do. So hopefully we can just get to the tennis and people will keep their clothes on. Or if they <laughs> don't keep them on, they won't get in trouble for it or whatever. By the way, what I find the most hilarious is the first when the first telecast started on Monday, they said we've got all sixteen courts televised, and the first thing I said was, "Why you're only going to show three? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you never show. Exactly. They haven't shown no, none no. of those courts. I guarantee you. ESPN Plus has yeah. you, you, like I said, and, and again, TV. if you can make money, I've got no problem. No problem. No, no. Right. Directv did not. Oh really? No. Oh, they, they're not doing it this year. Well, I don't. Or I, only the main courts. Their mixed channel was small. It was weird. It was just different. Okay. It was just different. And I don't. I don't know. Maybe they lost their contract or something. Or maybe they just had it, and, and now all of a sudden ESPN said we want to do more right. because apparently ESPN just found out you could stream. I don't know. <laughs> um, but if they can make money off of this stuff, and, I, and I'm not willing to pay, then that's on me. But right. if it's if it's valuable enough where people want to. You know, whatever. Then I think it's cool. Well, I think internationally they have to be make doing well because there's a lot of players who want to see the best player from Lithuania or Estonia right. or right. you know Greece or wherever they're from. So, I mean, Estonia has like eight people living in it, but whatever. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this damn thing up. We're All right, way over time, of course, as always. Uh, Nobody's as, left listening. They've already turned it off i hope so i hope so i hope they turn it off right before we said all our sexist stuff <laughs> so anyway all right well listen um looking forward to week two in the meantime make sure as all these twitter controversies are going on get me in the middle of them please uh just so you can spread the word on the tennis revolution podcast but tweet us out instagram know how to reply but just no no, no, no. It it's a disaster <laughs> it, I, i've made more mistakes it, it's it's a disaster <laughs> It doesn't always go where I want it to go. It doesn't, the people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, so follow us on Twitter, which is tennis, or no, no, 10 rev pod at 10 rev pod. Um, and then on Instagram, of course, with now, wait for it, 101, baby. <laughs> uh, and still not a picture to be found. So tennis revolution pod on instagram and then of course our website is tennisrevolutionpodcast.com but who goes to websites anymore it's 2018 and then our email is also what tennis revolution podcast, podcast at gmail.com. At g- there it is how do you know that i i am are you the one very dedicated to this podcast are you the one emailing me all the <laughs> bad comments uh, but yeah do all those things at some point if you email i'll get around to it 
I don't really remember a lot of times, <laughs> um, and I don't know where to find stuff sometimes. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, so looking forward to a good week too. And uh, you got anything else? We didn't do a Corey's Corner. No, that's all right. What was it on? We'll save. It. We'll tease it. Oh. Well, I'll come up with something, some controversial sexist right. topic. Perfect. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get back to Corey's Corner next week. Got to keep them coming back for something. There we go. And hey, do not forget out there, Pod Karma is real. Ask Taylor Dent. Pod Pod Karma is real. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor Dent, for not saying one word, keeping our pod, podcast on the download just like we like it. All right. Anything else? That's it. Great answer. Great answer. All right. Enjoy week two of the U.S. Open, and we'll catch you back on the back end of that. Until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Pod Karma. Pod Karma.